The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. It's been an interesting week in racing, especially when you have like CNN doing horse reports. But uh, th- this show, well, I guess it's about the uh, the, the killer bees uh, and the M&Ms. The killer bees would be the Belmont Stakes and Bob Baffert. I'm sure both have been front of mind for those of you who enjoy thoroughbred racing and the news that revolves around it. And then we'll have some sweet M&Ms. That's right. Matt Bernier is going to join us and Ed Meyer is going to join us as far as the handicapping portion of the show. Now, as you know, all the Triple Crown races and some of the bigger races uh, uh, during the year, we at Winning Ponies offer you some unique prizes. We're having the Belmont Stakes Handicapping Challenge. No cost for entry. Okay. So uh, you can pretty much bet up until about an hour before post time. First place, we're going to give you $100 cold cash. And then second and down, uh, we have uh, winning credits uh, for you that you can use uh, at Winning Ponies for the easy win forms that, in a second, I will tell you, have been pretty lucrative in the last few days. Uh, so 175, 50, 30, 20, and the closest final time, an additional 20 winning credits. So, hey, it's free. Come on over, winningponies.com. You'll see my cute little face. Click on that, and you can review years of Winning Ponies Racing Show. God, we've had some great guests over the years. But we got some great ones tonight in Matt Bernier and none other than Steady Eddie Meyer. I talked about the easy win forms. Uh, you you can go over and look at the results uh, on our form. We update them pretty regularly. And if we did, well, or if you came over, you saw that this afternoon we had from Gulfstream Park a $1 super high five winner that paid $3,000. $271. Of course, the winners come from all over the place. How about Indiana Grand? Uh, that was just two days ago, a 10 cent Super 5 that paid over 1600 And we even play tracks like Charlestown. If they're running, we got them on the easy win forms. We had a $1 Super that paid over 1400 So, again, Stay tuned. Coming up as our first guest, none other than Matt Bernier. And uh, you can also see him at Mohegan Sun uh, in Connecticut. That is located. He's going to be there all day Saturday. And it is a sensational card. So uh, it's just, I, I, I don't know. We're talking at Belmont, seven grade ones and one grade two. That's just on Saturday. 
unbelievable. So we'll try to get into the card as much as we can. Uh, Matt, I know he's already done all his uh, homework for Mohegan and knowing Mr. Meyer, he has too. So we'll try to get through most of the card. What Matt doesn't cover it, I'll see uh, if Ed can. But of course, uh, the biggest news of the week, Churchill Downs has banned Bob Baffert for two years. We were wondering when the other shoe was going to drop. Well, the shoe turned out to be a boot, and he seemed to get it right in the butt. Two years they have ruled um, that he can't race at Churchill or their other properties. People forget that in addition to Churchill Downs, you got fairgrounds. Arlington Park, Turfway Park, and Presque Isle Downs. Of course, some of those circuits he doesn't race at a whole lot, though you would probably see him maybe down at the fairgrounds at some time for some of the graded stakes action there. But uh, so anyhow, all CDI-owned tracks, um, they have confirmed in the second sample that that one was 25 picograms and not 21. Big friggin' deal, folks. I'm not going to bat for Baffert, but I'm just telling you, um, no performance enhancement. Talk to any veterinarian. They will tell you 21 picograms. It's a drop in an Olympic pool. We've been over this. Um, you know, was it supposed to be in a system? No. Was he injected with it? No. And uh, if, if you go to CNN, I'm not sure where you get it, but uh, you can find it on some of the racing uh, blogs. Um, you'll see a CNN interview with W. Craig Robertson, his attorney, very interesting, you know, before you tie the noose around this guy's neck, let's uh, let justice prevail and listen to the whole story. Because really, betamethasone, it's something that's injected into a horse, not rubbed on a rash. So um, certainly the results would have been much different, much higher had it been an injection. Anyhow, I could go on and on. You can read it anywhere you want. So Baffert won't be racing at Churchill, but you know where you might see him this summer? Monmouth Park. Uh, he, Dennis uh, Drazen, who's the chairman and CEO of uh, Derby Development that runs it, says uh, if Bob has a Haskell horse and he wanted to come to Monmouth Park, he is welcome. So um, Monmouth Park, who's restrictive on the whips, is going to let Bob Baffert race there. Uh, they just say that he's always been good to them and uh, they'll be good to him, you know, unless something really drastic comes out in, in, in the, in the test, you know, he was out front about the positive, told everybody it was there. Want him double sure with the second test. It came back positive, but uh, you know, he's had horses in there almost every year in the Haskell, uh, including American Pharaoh. So, uh, He's welcome at Monmouth Park, and probably uh, quite a few other tracks in the U.S. would welcome him. So, uh, but not a Churchill Downs track. All right, a familiar voice will be back behind the microphone at Del Mar. Trevor Denman, you may recall that last year he decided to stay on his farm in at Minnesota with uh, his wife to ride out COVID-19 and did not call the races there, but he is coming back to Del Mar. Boy, that's a tough gig, huh? <laughs> he has to come back to Del Mar to earn a paycheck, which I understand is a very good one. So the South African will be back. He'll call the tracks 31 summer season, go back to Minnesota, and then come back for the 15-day fall stand. And as we know, including in that fall stand, November 3rd, uh, will be the 
Breeders' Cup World Championship on the 5th and 6th. All right, well, here's, uh, let's get some good news out here. Uh, Juan Hernandez won three graded stakes to earn Jackie of the Week. He won the second grade one of his career and two grade one races. So he got Jackie of the Week. Uh, Hoffman's uh, David Hoffman's gave him a leg up on award winner in the Charlie Whittingham stakes on Saturday. Uh, he won his second graded stakes race of the day on Magic on Tap, the other Baffert horse. And on Monday, um, it was Simon Callahan who gave him a leg up on long shot maximum rate who at 13 to one held off a field of seven Phillies and mares. So second grade, one of his career, seventh graded stakes race of the career. Congratulations to Juan J. Hernandez. So, uh, you know, coming up, you know, what started today, we had graded stakes races at Belmont Park. Uh, it's the Belmont Stakes uh, Racing Festival. You know, you've seen all this advertisement for Run Happy, and you're thinking, man, did Mattress Mac or Claiborne Farm, did they just go too far? Well, things are starting to pay off for Run Happy. Uh, the Astoria today uh, at, at Belmont Park was, uh, was captured by Run Happy's Happy Soul. And then earlier on the card, there's a horse that I think we're going to see in stakes races down the road. Uh, the following C, that's S-E-A, uh, is a horse that was pointed for the Sir Barton at Pimlico, but was withdrawn because of the whole Baffert ordeal, moved the Todd Pletcher state, uh, stable on Preakness Week, and now he's racing for stables. So run happy. He's finally making Mattress Mac happy, and I'm sure the people at Claiborne Farm. All right, let's get to uh, some of the big results last week because – Time is a moving before we hear Matt Bernier on these airwaves. Uh, the uh, seven furlong triple bend we looked at last week. And like I said, it was the other Baffert horse, Magic on Tap. This horse had never even won a stakes race, two career victories, got the job done. Now, he's been an uh, interesting place. He's a five-year-old Tappet. Uh, that was only making his sixth lifetime start. So obviously they've been very a patient with him or he's had issues, but um, maybe they got those issues taken care of. But if you go back and look at the race, he was on his wrong lead throughout the stretch, but Hey, still he got $120,000 for his effort. Second was shooter shoot last to first third was the one exalted. And then we looked at the Charlie Whittingham and named after the hall of fame crater trainer and the winner, as we stated, Juan Hernandez in the sale, uh, in the saddle award winner, five-year-old is now a graded stakes winner. Congratulations to trainer David Hoffman's and Ammerman racing. Second spot was acclimate it was very game on the lead but got caught by award winner and then the uh, six and a half on the turf kind of a unique uh, niche surface and distance at odds on made a lot of people happy bombard trained by richard mandela decided to put uh, blinkers on this horse so Bombard at three to five was game. Flavian Pratt, man, he just keeps on winning. Uh, <clears throat> the odds on favorite one over nine to one shot. Majestic Eagle uh, in the Shoemaker Mile. It was smooth like straight. Um, 
looked like it was going to have an easy time of it on the front end, but it turned out to be a horse race. Um, but uh, he got the job done at three to five, again, making a lot of people happy. Then it was long shot Maxim Rate who uh, got the job done in the Gainley race, finished with a flourish, first grade one victory for Maxim Rate. And uh, let's see, I think we got time for one more result from over the weekend, and that would be the Hollywood Gold Cup. It was Country Grammar who dug in and took the Hollywood Gold Cup, a $300,000 race at Santa Anita, um, stopping, uh, swapping places with the last start against Royal Ship. Royal Ship was flying, but Country Grammar held on a son of tonalist owned by Windstar Farm. Probably see him at stud there at some point in time. All right, that rounds out all the national news we had time to get to today. Looking forward to the next two segments. Up first, None other than Matt Bernier, who's been on this show a lot. We had him since he was a youngin, and now he's got his own show, The Matt Bernier Show. He's already had 58 episodes. We'll talk to him about that and, most importantly, about the Belmont Festival. I'm John Engelhart, and you are listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup Travers, Haskell or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you Stimulating talk it Gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast All the time The number one internet talk station Where your opinion counts VoiceAmerica.com BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john inglehart racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com john and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with us now, you know, sometimes uh, every now and then I, I get lucky and I come up with, with a good horse at the track, and I got a feeling I came up with a good horse player. Uh, I, I first uh, introduced myself to Matt Bernier when he was on uh, horse players. And, uh, since then, you know, uh, he's, uh, 
been absorbed by national television, uh, the daily racing form. Uh, n- now he's, uh, he, he's doing his own thing. Uh, w- watched his show, uh, yesterday and was really shocked to believe that it was the 68th edition of the Matt Bernier show. Matt, thanks for coming with us. You've been a busy man in this strange year. No, thanks for having me, John. It's always a pleasure. And yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a, a whirlwind for everyone for many different reasons. But I think it's uh, you know professionally we've we've pushed through the little oddities that we've had over the past twelve months, and it's nice that we're finally back to some semblance of normalcy or of th- what things felt like they were prior to you know kind of the world turning on its head. So um, I'm looking forward to this weekend very much. This is I, I call this sort of the the Miniature Breeders' Cup in June, and, and I, I do believe that. Top to bottom, you've got as good racing as you're going to find on Saturday. Well, I told people if they happen to be in the Connecticut area, they can drive on over and introduce themselves to you and uh, uh, g- get a whole lot of information. You're, you're going to be there all day long at the Mohegan Sun. When's the last time – and you you said a great thing on your show. You said – you know, it's kind of like a miniature Breeders' Cup. Seven grade ones and a grade two. What a day at Belmont. Yeah, and I know, I know some folks like the way that it used to be formatted, where many of these events kind of had their own days. And you, you got to spread the wealth. But at the same time, I, I just think with the way modern racing is gone, I, I think you need to really kind of consolidate things. And I, I commend Belmont and, and Naira for doing what they did with Belmont Stakes Day, where you loaded it up with, to your point, you know, nine graded stakes races, including races like the Met Mile and the Manhattan and the Ogden Phipps. And, you know, we can name all of them. They're all very prestigious races in their own right. But when you load things up like this, it really genuinely becomes a date that people circle and say, it's right there with the Breeders' Cup. And, and I mean, in my opinion, it's it's even right there with, with Derby Weekend, Oaks and Derby Day. So, um, I just think it's a fantastic day of racing, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the older stars, too. You know, we, we all love the three-year-olds. They're sort of the glamour division that we have in the U.S., but uh, there are many really nice older males and females running on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Well, I, and I'm going to pull some of these out of the hat. I know that you're, you are ready from Hegan's son, so uh, there's nothing you can't answer. But let me let me just uh, talk about that 800-pound gorilla in the room. Not that you can answer this quickly, but what's Matt Bernier's read on the whole Bob Baffert situation? Well, I mean, regardless of, of what the uh, – scenario was if it was genuinely just some sort of a positive test from this ointment that was rubbed on on the horse's hind end you know the fact of the matter is there was something in the system that wasn't allowed to be in there on race day and to me there need to be repercussions for that even if it was a minuscule amount uh there you still need to follow the rules and uh, i you know I, i tried to put it as I don't want to say politically correct as possible a few weeks ago, but I, I mean, I felt it, you know, in my heart of hearts that fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. When this happens more than a handful of times, you kind of lose the, the benefit of the doubt in my eye. And I, I, I'm certainly not sitting here saying that, that Baffert is doing anything nefarious, but the point is you've towed the line a few times, a few too many times, and now here we are, and, and you have to kind of – you know, deal with the, you know, 
the repercussions. And, and I, the two-year ban from Churchill Downs, I'll be very interested to see if other jurisdictions follow through with anything of, of substance. And I know Naira has their uh, current ban on, but there's no real time frame laid out for that. Um, Southern California is going to be the most interesting case because um, whether we want to admit it or not, you know, without Bob Baffert in Southern California, that whole circuit takes a major, major hit because he has so many horses. And I know they would probably, you know, um, there are many trainers that could take the horses, but, you know, Bob Baffert's an important piece to the to the puzzle down there in Southern California. So um, it'll be very interesting to see how everything shakes down. My opinion, I, I have no problem with the punishment that's been laid out because, again, whether it was something nefarious or it was genuinely just some little thing that, you know what, it slipped through the cracks. The problem is we, we've slipped through the cracks one too many times, and, and I think you got to deal with the, the punishment. All right. Well stated, and uh, the debate will go on for months, I do believe, Matt. Well, let's get to the big one, and then we'll cherry-pick some of these other great races. You know, uh, you made some great points on your 68th show, uh, and uh, and the fact is there's only like three horses you can throw out of the Belmont, and after that, uh, you know, it here take your pick because there, there's good reasons to make for all these horses and then also each one of them has a chink in their armor yeah it really is i think it's a great race top to bottom and you know to your point i laid out i feel like there are three horses that if they win i'll lose just flat out i have a really hard time envisioning scenarios where overtook or france go to ina or Burbonic were to win this race uh but the other five horses in here i, I genuinely could see a, a scenario in which any one of them were to win this thing on Saturday afternoon. Uh, of the, the five, I think the most likely winner is essential quality, but I don't think his odds are necessarily going to be indicative of his true chances of winning. I think he's going to be an underlay, and accordingly I wanted to kind of look around for a horse who I thought maybe we haven't seen their best yet, and, and I felt like no agenda kind of fit that bill, and it'll... It'll be interesting to see what kind of running style we get because he's not blessed with that early speed that some of the other horses in this race are. The, the critical piece for me with a Belmont Stakes runner is being within a length or two of the front end with a half mile left to run. Because if you're any farther back than that, I just think it becomes exponentially more difficult to have success. And, you know, you take a look and you see it's Pletcher. We know he's had success with the Belmont, as has Arad Ortiz. Now, unfortunately, we have a little bit of a, uh, a wrinkle, and, and knock on wood, you know, thoughts are with Arad Ortiz. Hopefully everything is going to be okay after that spill at Belmont this afternoon. Um, you know, we'll find out. Maybe he will ride, maybe he won't ride over the next couple of days. And if he doesn't, now that just adds another sort of, you know, another wrinkle to the entire thing. If it's not Arad, who is it? So we'll keep an eye on that, and I know all the reporters in New York are keeping their ear down to the ground, but um, it, it, it's something that you don't typically envision pl planning for, but uh, here we are. I think this is something that you need to at least monitor very closely over the next uh, 36 hours. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, that was going to be my trump card. I didn't play it yet, but yeah, for those of you listening, what's Matt talking about? I think it was about the sixth race today at uh, at Belmont Park, and it looked like he was going to go on and win the thing, and the horse just took an odd step because the horse, you know, and it jostled him enough. If you've ever looked at a jockey saddle, they're not they're they're not super glued on those things, and he came off. It looked like he got nicked by a horse 
going by him. So he's from what I heard, he does have some cuts. Um, again, this was Richie, Richie Migliori talking after he had talked to his brother and junior Alvarado who ran down the track to attend to him. But boy, if, if, if for some reason, even if it's just a couple of days, he's not on stage on Saturday, whoo, boy, people are going to be shuffling. There's jockey agents that won't sleep all night tonight. <laughs> I, if he doesn't go, my initial thought, and again, this is nothing more than speculation. The last I saw, um, you know, Dave Grenning was tweeting something uh, from the Daily Racing Forum talking about how uh, he is alert, but they're waiting a, a, a CAT scan to, to see what, uh, you know, what, what the extent of, of things are. But my first thought when I went through this race thinking, okay, well, if unfortunately, for whatever reason, if he's unable to ride, then who? And it, the obvious one to me just based on their prior history and their relationship together, I would, I would think Javier Castellano would probably be the first call for Todd. So um, let's hope it doesn't come to that. But if it does, uh, I wouldn't be stunned if it was Javier that picked up the mount. Well, so we have a, a, a slight nod to known agenda and what should be a, a wide open race. Um, okay. Another interesting race. Uh, some people might put a ring around Nick's, go in the million dollar med handicap but he's got some competition in there and i want to listen to matt bernier weighing in on this i mean you know there's names that you know mischievous alex dr poe silver slate by my standards they're not a bunch of slouches no really i think for me this this race boils down to the pace scenario and nick's go is a an extremely fast horse and he is an extremely talented racehorse but the problem is to date anyway, he's really at his best, and you could even make the argument that he is absolutely dependent on having the lead. Now, the the problem for anyone else in this race, it doesn't look like there's anyone that is naturally fast enough early on to really run with him should he break alertly and Rosario just puts him right on the front. If for whatever reason he doesn't get out of the gate all that alertly or a horse like Lexitonian is really aggressively ridden because... Frankly, I think that's the only way he can win the race, Lexitonian, is by sending. I think maybe then there's at least a crack in the door to perhaps look around for another price. The horse that I landed on, I think Nick Scope probably wins. But from a gambling standpoint, I don't think he'll offer any real value unless you're playing the multis. Um, I wanted to go with By My Standards, the number five horse. I think he's the kind of runner that his three most recent runs the speed figures look like he's taking a pretty dramatic step backward. I think those are all circumstantial results. Um, if you go back to the Ali Sheba, the race that he won in early September of last year at Churchill Downs, he did something that day he had never done before. He swapped leads on two different occasions down the stretch. And many people had pointed out, well, it was a really slow pace, and maybe you know that had something to do with it. For me, with an older horse who is the consummate professional, when they do things that they don't typically do, it can be kind of a harbinger of things to come. And it could be a bit of a precursor that, you know what, maybe they're ready to trend off form. Well, sure enough, the, the Breeders' Cup Classic, I don't really want to hold that against him. That was the, the deepest of the deep. But his Clark handicap was, was really, really poor. And he never looked like he was going to threaten at any point in either of those races. So Brett Calhoun puts him away for the winter. He comes back in that Oaklawn mile. And while the number looks really light, I think the race is much better than it seems on paper because he was very wide every step of the way, and he was chasing a very, very slow-paced scenario. I think there's a real situation where he takes a pretty significant step forward here, 
And maybe that 94 buyer should be closer to somewhere around 100. And I think if you get any kind of a forward move, that at least puts him in with a puncher's chance at a big price. So uh, I'll, I'll tip off by my standards on top, acknowledging that the race goes through Nick's go. If he makes the front, I think he's going to win. Okay, Matt, a race that I found uh, really challenging. It's a short field for a half a million dollars. The Ogden's Phipps, we've got at least the horses that headline it for me, Swiss Skydiver, Latruska, and She Shares the Devil. Where does Matt Bernier land in this trifecta? Really interesting race here. And unfortunately, we lost Valiance earlier this morning. Uh, Todd Pletcher said she's going to scratch because she came down with a little bit of a temperature. Uh, I think she would have been very interesting. This is, to me, one of the more tactical races of the entire day because the riders are going to need to make decisions here. Latruska, who was ridden, scheduled to be ridden anyway by Arad Ortiz Jr., her best races have come when she is outright on the lead. And we saw what she was capable of doing when she battled back as gamely as she did to beat Monomoy Girl in the Apple Blossom. Swiss Skydiver down on the inside, I think she has had a little bit of bad luck, where I think she's got a couple of subpar rides in, in a few of her most recent starts. And the Apple Blossom is one of them specifically. I think Robbie Alvarado, no disrespect, but I think he should have just gone through the hole that was open down on the inside going onto the back stretch. Instead, she got into a little bit of a tight spot. I think if Jose Ortiz is aggressive out of the gate and uses that natural speed that she has, it's not as though she's a horse who can't go to the front. I think they should be aggressive with her to establish position. Maybe she doesn't get into, maybe she doesn't clear to the front, but I at least think she needs to be more forward. Having said that, it feels like people are absolutely in love with her and she's probably going to take more money than I think she deserves to. Um, anyone who has followed me for the past year knows how much of a fanboy I am of She Dares the Devil, and things really aren't going to change for me on Saturday. I don't know if I love the idea of the one-turn mile in the 16th, but she just she's just game. She's just gutsy. She shows up and runs her eyeballs out each and every time, and I think another aspect of, of She Dares the Devil that is a little overlooked is she's not dependent on the lead. She probably is at her best on the lead, but I think she's just as capable and just as comfortable sitting about a length off of it and coming with a bid. So I think she might slip through the cracks a little bit. Maybe she goes off at that five to two, three to one range. Uh, I'll go with she dares the devil in this race. All right. A very challenging one. Uh, let's see. Where did I want? Oh, here's another. And again, it's a short field, but loaded with talent. And that's the acorn. I, 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 I love day out of the office because a buddy of mine trains it. But you've also got a search results who's only taken one bad step in her life and a travel column that can't be dismissed. I, you know what? I went through this race when I first saw search results name. I said, oh, boy, she's going to be tough. And, and she certainly is going to be tough in here. Travel column feels like the kind of filly that needs a little bit of a, a shorter distance. So maybe this turn back to a one-turn mile will really suit her. Uh, when I went back and you take a look at the charts and you watch the replay, I thought Day Out of the Office was phenomenal in the eight bells. And, and I think she ran far and away the best race, despite the fact that she was beaten by a length by obligatory uh, she was the only one who was close to the pace that was anywhere late. That was her first start since the Breeders' Cup in a race where, you know, if we're calling a spade a spade, I just don't think she wants to go two turns. I think she's a one-turn kind of horse. I, I think she takes a step forward out of that race, and if she does, she's going to be a handful, and you might get, maybe you don't get four to one, but I think you're going to get probably at least three 
just simply because search results is going to get bet the way she's going to get bet. So she's actually one of the horses I'm most interested in on Saturday, the day out of the office. I think she's got a big chance to win the acorn. Oh, that's great. Cause I, I, I love her and I go way back with Tim Ham, uh, a really good guy that, that that's come up the right way. All right. I've given you a lot of short fields here, Matt. Help me, <laughs> help me with the, just a game. We got a big old field. That's going to go a mile on the turf for a half a million dollars. Really fun race. And, and, you know, as is the case with any kind of a graded stake of importance, Chad Brown is well represented in here. And, you know, I, I think you're kind of splitting hairs when you go through and look at all of the horses he has in this race. You know, Blowout has that major tactical advantage anyway, it seems on paper, that she's just the controlling speed, and maybe she runs a similar way that she did in the Distaff Mile uh, down at Churchill on Derby Day. I, I'm still, I can't get past the fact that when she came over here for her U.S. debut, the number 10 Tama here, I thought she was spectacular when she won the Sands Point. Granted, it was against weaker company. It was against three-year-old restricted uh, fillies. But she just could not have looked any better. It came at a one-turn mile at Belmont Park, which is what the Just the Game will be on Saturday afternoon. The matriarch, I think a lot of people are forgetting, the matriarch wasn't actually the plan for Tama here. They were going to run her in the Mrs. Revere. And if my memory serves me correct, the the race was canceled at Churchill. Uh, So, Chad called an audible and said, let's just throw her on the plane and send her out to Del Mar. And perhaps it was a little bit too much too soon. She comes back in the Jenny Wiley in her four-year-old debut. I think she was much closer to the pace than she wants to be. She was a very, very keen early on. She was in a little bit tight and got real rank. She's a horse that likes to settle three, four, five lengths off of it and come with her run. You know, if she doesn't run well on Saturday, maybe I'll have to start reassessing what I think of her. But I still want to believe that what my eyes saw in her U.S. debut, that's what she is. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tama here in here, the number 10. All right. We got we got a good odds horse and a nice field again. <laughs> Hard to avoid anything of uh, Chad Brown's in these big races. It's a field of 12, and he's got, I believe, a third of the field going to post. <laughs> all, of, all of them with talent, as, as they always do. Well, Matt, thanks a million for taking time to join us. I want to remind everybody, if you're anywhere near Connecticut on Saturday, spend the afternoon uh, with Matt Bernier at the Mohegan Sun. Also, you got to love his show, the Matt Bernier Show. It's a really relaxed format. As a matter of fact, you never know what's coming, at least in my opinion. It's like, I'm going to sit back and see what Matt's got to say today. But uh, pr- pretty much, if, if, if you got one of these uh, computer things that they make now, you can get them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Uh, you can go to inthemoneypodcast.com. Uh, really easy to uh, find. If you want to find out what he's thinking, yeah, I believe his Twitter is at Bernier. Uh, what do you call that lower thing? Uh, Little Matt. underscore underscore thank you thank you underscore matt and uh and that will get you to uh uh the matt bernier show and uh also if you're on twitter you can chat with the young man so matt have a great time in connecticut i hope you knock them dead it looks like there's a lot of opportunities horizontally and vertically and every which way you can go at belmont on saturday i'm sure you're going to be eating it up yeah I'm, i'm very much looking forward to it thanks for having me on again john All right, that was Matt Bernier. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to a man that I really admire. That's right. It's Ed Meyer. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. And with the former host of Winning Ponies, none other than Ed Meyer. Ed, how are we doing today? John couldn't be doing better. Uh, just got finished live racing a few hours ago at our venue, Belterra Park. And uh, nothing better than uh, watching watching uh, some of the best of Ohio, uh, you know, knock heads. It's it was a great day of racing. A little uh, little muddy and uh, Mother Nature was ugly, but uh, hey, we had a great day of racing. I'm happy to hear that. Well, we got uh, I don't know if you probably heard late breaking news. I read Ortiz right now getting checked out at the hospital. That'll shake some things up for some trainers. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it shakes this player right to the core because, John, the Irad Ortiz sensation has just taken over. The The only time in my life that I can remember this is when Steve Cawthon was at his zenith and there were some local bookmakers. And I was just a young lad with my dad. But I remember because it sticks with me, they were wanting to bet five to win on Cawthon, on Cawthon. He says, no, we book horses, not jockeys. I think the Arad Ortiz sensation is right at its zenith. There was a runner the other day that had no turf form whatsoever and was 7-5. to five. It wasn't a supremely bred runner. It was because of Arad Ortiz being aboard. John, I'll tell you what, you really have to hunt and peck in that. I wish you nothing but the best. Both the Ortiz boys are doing tremendous good work up there. And uh, it was quite a sensation to watch. And I really hope that he's uh, he's able to mount up for the Belmont and, and beyond. And uh, thoughts and prayers out with the Ortiz boys, as always. I love these guys. He, he's got another day to heal. And as a good friend of mine used to say, these jockeys are tougher than a nickel steak. And he's one of those. He's on the menu. <laughs> He's on that Waffle House steak menu. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ed, Ed, Nothing anyhow, like mom would make, for sure. <laughs> Ed, Ed, we could talk a whole segment about this, but real quick, thank you very much for the uh, uh, 
television interview that you sent me today from CNN. You know, just when you're getting ready to throw the latch on the electric chair, Bob Baffert, Craig Robertson comes in with a handful of pardons from the governor. It's really interesting. There are two sides to every story. In fact, there are. And and this is far from being over for Bob. And I think the last thing that racing wants to do is, is put a guy like this, you know, just behind the wall of silence. We want to keep... We want to keep him at the forefront. He's been one of the supermen of, of racing as far back as I can remember being a young man in the game, watching him, and he still had his white hair then, so that that was uh, uh, like donkey years ago, and he still had his white hair and his white mane, and he always looked great. He's great energy for the game. I hate to see this. Racing could really do without another black guy. New York, uh, what's happened in Philadelphia, what's happening on the West Coast, it seems like right now the racing is going through that cycle where things are being dealt with now. They're not being overlooked. Not that we've just turned our head and overlooked. They kind of sent a really sleepy year with 2020. There were a lot of things that may have went under the radar, but I think the powers that be have adjusted their batting stance. And, John, they're up to bat for real. Well, only time will tell, but we know we'll probably see him in the Haskell Stakes. His mama said, you're welcome here. So that that will be interesting. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, we'll find out. Let's get back about horses racing in the circle on the racetrack, just like I did with Matt. Let's start with the big one. Um, and that, of course, will be the Belmont Stakes. And uh, kind of uh, interesting short field a lot of times you you get more fresh hitters that have been you know you know coming out of the uh peter pan and stuff like that and uh you know with the exception of uh, overtook who's really not worth looking at in here i don't think um it, it kind of comes down to uh the, the uh rematch of the, of the derby horses and throw in the preakness winner uh and i know that uh Matt, who we just talked to, is a big fan of uh, a known agenda who was scheduled to be ridden by Irad Ortiz. Again, hopefully that won't change. But So it's not mm-hmm. the biggest feel in the world. I think there's three throwouts, uh, Bourbonic, Fransco de Ina, and Overtook. After that, I think you could bet any one of those five, Essential Quality, Ron Bauer, Hot, Char- Hot Rod Charlie, a known agenda, and Rock Your World, if any one of those – wins i'm not going to go oh no way they're all legitimate and they're hard to separate at this point in career and let's remember none of them have gone a mile and a half well john if you look back at the at the end of their career when they look back at a mile and a half distance you might see it on there one time and if it's actually here you can make a a big time case for essential quality that was a very game run there known agenda i i, I think uh, matt has a real nice selection there was kind of coming on had to shift out and improve position iran ortiz is one that doesn't uh, get caught in the box but john in the belmont I absolutely, I found an excuse horse, and I think you, me, and many others watched in the Derby where the race was lost as soon as they sprung the latch. That's number seven, Rock Your World. Absolutely yes, he was, loved he was him my in the Derby. big bat. He owes me money. Ed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, today is going to be, this day is actually going to be your payback day. If you get anywhere near nine to two, which is really possible, John. 
Very possible. There are some other runners here that are going to take a little bit of money. I think Matt's horse is going to take a little bit of money, which actually might keep you in that nine to two, four to one range here. I think Rock Your World really looks good. Got nuked out of the gate in the Kentucky Derby, and everyone's aware that graded runners are not carrying Lasix. Now, ever since from a two-year-old to three-year-old year, bam, bam, no problem. And the Santa Anita Derby was just electric with Umberto Esproli aboard. But Joe Abrazario rode in the Derby and is following right back up here to Belmont. Nuked out of the gate. We're going to have a much smaller field. There's not going to be 19 runners here. And I think this three-year-old son of Candy Ride is going to get the perfect trip. Has that versatile ability. Can grab the hook if need be. And if not, can lay just back off maybe two, three, four lengths off the pace and pounce right about the half-lamp. Half mile pole is usually where they really the real running begins. Bonus race, you know. I'll see. I'll tell you what. I can't get enough of this one. If I get anywhere near nine to two or more, wow! Watch out. There might be one bet on the day. I, I think you will. You know how people are fickle, and they see that Derby race and the fact that he's coming in from the West Coast to go. Ah, I'll pass on him. Um, I just uh, yeah. Again, his sire on the bottom. In other words, his damn sire is Empire Maker who won the Belmont stakes and then essential quality is a son of Tappet. Three of the last seven winners, of the Belmont stakes have been sons of Tappet. So on a breeding side, it's really hard to separate those two. And actually on a handicapping side, it's, it's hard for me. And, you know, really, except for not liking to pass horses all that much. Hot Rod Charlie looks really good. I've been watching his works out in California, uh, compliments of the TDN, and uh, ran the biggest race of his career in in the Kentucky Derby. But uh, is this a bounce race? Is this a bounce race for Ron Bauer? Uh, you know, Rocker World's been rest, rested, essential quality. I, I think that Brad Cox went on record when this horse was a two-year-old saying, that's my Belmont horse. I could I could see that. And if Brad Cox, I'm a huge fan, John. It's not that he's the now up-and-coming guy. He's the guy that's been there for a while now. And I'll tell you what, he's going to be there for a great long time. Big fan. And when you talked about Ron Bauer, it was the convergence of the perfect storm. You know, three back of the El Camino Real Derby closed on the synthetic, which they usually don't come from out of the clouds. But on this day, the son of Twirling Candy did. Ran a game third in the bluegrass. Gave me a little hope. The Preakness stakes, I couldn't wait when they passed the Derby by. And I loaded on on uh, Ron Bauer that day. And it was almost 12 to 1, John. I really, really enjoyed <laughs> watching at the top of the stretch when Flavian Pratt was aboard. Johnny Velasquez is aboard this day. Can't knock either one. I was super excited for trainer Michael McCarthy. And there was a wonderful yeah. piece. Uh, leading up to it about Michael McCarthy and made you want to even root that much harder, but I'm still sticking with my guns. I'm going with Rock Your World. All right, Rock Your World. I'll tell you what, Ed, you know, we've got such a plethora of races to select from. You're the guest. Pick a race or two that you like on the card. You're going to let me pick one? Well, I will take you up on that, Mr. Englehart. Grade one, the Manhattan, it's race number 10. I really like a couple of runners in here. They're going to go a mile and a quarter on the inner turf. And uh, people say that there's some tight, tight turns there. I really do. I'm not a big subscriber to this. 
but I found a runner in here, and I really like it. It's not the greatest amount of odds. It's three to one in this domestic spending. One for one at Belmont. And if you go back and take a look at the Grade One Turf Classic at Churchill Downs, going a mile and an eighth, came from out of the clouds with my man Flavian Pratt, who's winning twenty six percent with turfers. You know that I absolutely love this guy right behind the Ortiz fellas, but I've been a big fan of Flavian Pratt on the left coast and the way that he actually uh, carries himself on the turf as well as the dirt. He's not just one dimensional by any way, shape or form, but on the turf, he really rises to the top. And in the turf classic, that at Churchill going a mile and eight that day came screaming from the clouds, Chad Brown trainee, Flavian Pratt, as I said, winning 26% on the turf. What what more could you ask for? Looking for four in a row on the Hollywood Derby, the Turf Classic, both grade one events. John, I'm looking for domestic spending to come from out of the clouds. I absolutely love, love this race. Well, if you love him, you got to love Colonel Liam because they dead heated the last time they met. So this is going to be a very, very interesting rematch. I, I don't see anyone telling signs such as a weight shift or something like that uh, that tells me neither horse can do it. So, hey, maybe we'll have a great day watching the Manhattan and uh, we'll back into another dead heat. But for you, I hope you get your three to one. I read Ortiz is scheduled to ride Colonel Colonel Liam. All right, Ed, it's on your Keep lead, our fingers baby. crossed. We we got about six more minutes. You go ahead, take your pick. It's up to you. You know, I, I really I kinda like it. I, you know, you know I'm a big turf fan. And you know, for the longest time we've handicapped together. They say if you uh, just like your dog, if you live long enough together, you start to look like each other. Well, if we work long enough together, we actually start to handicap the same. And the eighth race is the grade one just the game, John. And I like one it's a little better price here. It's a Brendan Walsh trainee by the name of Zofell. Uh five rear mare by Zophany. And Tyler Gaffalione is aboard. I really, really like this young man. He's just well composed in the saddle, doing a great task in a Churchill Downs. And that's by no way or shape or form an easy colony to step up into. Tyler G is aboard Zafeld, drawing the rail trip, coming from a mile from Churchill Downs in the Great Two Distaff Turf Mile that day, made what I like to call a middle move was making a superb move and just got bested. He was second, looked like uh, she was just going to go on with it, but got bested on the outside. I can live with that because that is a great prep for the next time out. Actually, if you go back to the Just the Game in, in 2020, finished fifth that day, but that was against newspaper of record and Paul Recall and Uni. You talk about the murderer's row of runners there. She actually ran into a bus all that day. Zofel, I think, is really in a right place at the right time at 8-1. to one. I think it's going to be tough for me to pass by the odds. I know the some, some of the shorter price runners really look good, but don't overlook this one in your exotics, especially. And be sure to check the Winning Pony Easy Win forms to see what they had to say, because there's a speedster on the outside of the name of Blowout with Flavian Pratt. And you heard me go on wax poetically about Flavian's uh, his, uh, his exploits on the turf. Doubly dangerous on the front end as well, John, winning 25% of the time with early runners. May box him up, but Zofel, I find really hard to put down at 8-1. to one. Well, it- it's going to be an interesting, again, we got a super rematch because the one, two, three finishers of the Distaff Turf Mile at Churchill Downs will be in this race. Uh, blowout won the race, currently four to one. 
And uh, New York girl who has to break from the 12 hole is getting away at 15 to 1. People might want to kind of remember that one if they're making, uh, you know, trifectas or some exotic bets. Because, you know, at 12 to 1, this horse was right there with Zafel and Blowout. So something to watch. Well, Ed, I'm going to pick one for you here. You're going to start my day by uh, letting me know who's going to win. Turn your pages back. Race three, the Woody Stevens. We're going seven furlongs, obviously one turn. And this is very interesting. Jackie's Warrior. Uh, it was just an unbelievable uh, two-year-old. I really thought she was in the hunt for two-year-old of the year. And uh, she stubbed her toe in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile that was won by Essential Quality. And that uh, uh, paid... Uh, for the the votes at the end of the year for Eclipse. But Jackie Warrior's here, but man, I'll tell you what. I watched that drain the clock in the Bay Shore. Uh, She's kind of a locally based horse. Uh, uh, Drain the clock could be dangerous. And uh, Cotto River's been away since April. We're not sure what Brad Cox is doing, but he feels strong enough that he can bring this horse for this grade one race at Belmont. Short field, Ed, but tough group in fact it is it's i think that the prep for this you know each race they always try to 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 point the finger at, at a certain prep i think it's the grade two pat day mile coming from churchill you're going to come back you're still running a one-turn distance than a churchill in the one-turn mile but in fact you're cutting back to seven panels and you know you're still going to get that one turn fine as wine with me I love the Ford Dream Shake. I really fell in love with your runner, Jackie's Warrior. I think it's going to be doubly dangerous, but there's plenty of speed in there. And one for one in Belmont, I think, you know, you had a champagne winner there that I remember they popped the cork down the lane. But for me, this day, I, I kind of like Dream Shake. I wish I was getting a little more than five to two. I like the cutback in distance. Flavian Pratt stays aboard. This is the third time the Santa Anita Derby, the Pat Day Mile. I mean, has really faced some runners. Rock Your World, Medina Spirit, I think we've heard of those. And Dream Shake actually ran third two races back. I think the Pat Day Mile is the prep to watch. And I think the cutback in the distance is going to be the answer for this through quote by Twirling Candy from the Peter Erden barn. As I said, Flavian's aboard. So that's definitely got part of my money going into it already. I love the closing angle here. And I went back and watched the February 7th race where he actually broke his maiden in Santa Anita, and it was super, super impressive. And it just lit him up. It just found another gear around about the three-eighths ball and just drew off by four and three parts. I love Dream Shake. Uh, hey, I'm not, not about to throw out a Brad Cox runner or your runner, but on the top of my exotics, Dream Shake at five to two, man, I, I, I just sure wish I was getting at least that, if not maybe seven to two. All right, Ed, I'm getting the hook here for my producer, Josh. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to also thank Matt Bernier. I want to remind everybody, Belmont Contest, cash on the barrelhead and plenty of points for the easy win forms. It's free. Go on over, winningponies.com. Like they say, what are you waiting for? I'm John Engelhart, and you've been listening to Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. 
Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.